What's going on, everyone? Salaam Mubarak to all my Iranians. And welcome back to the Gifted Gap. We got a special 1K convo. And this weekend, we'll actually be doubling up on uh, the episodes we put out. You know, we'll have two, two 1Ks coming out. For this episode, you know, I'd like to welcome back Unlucky Bars. We're going to be discussing, you know, symbols of the new year, some of the traditions. Uh, we're going to dive into, you know, kind of the origins of his new venture, which is called Unlucky. And, you know, when we bring him on, we also discuss everything that's wrong with the world as well. So we tap into a little bit of that. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Music. Make sure you do follow us on all our socials and make sure you've checked out our website. You know, we've got merch. We've got more more new merch coming out. Uh, you know, as you guys know, we do have the comic series as well. So, uh, you know, we're coming, man. We're coming. Uh, without no further ado, 1K Convos. You are now tuned in to The Gifted Gap. Been a long time, you know. We had yeah. you back in uh, what 2020? Yeah, I think it was like October. No, it wasn't October. No, when was that? It was way before that. Sure. Like June. Oh, yeah, it was like June. It was June, man. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back. Salam al-Mubarak. Salam al-Mubarak. Happy Persian oh. New Year. This is the No Rue special. I see. It of is. the Gifted Gab. It is. As you can see by our half last scene. minute half scene. It's not quite last minute, it's like half last minute. It's like a half half scene. No, it's not. It's a full half scene. Oh, okay. There's seven. You got your seven scenes. Mm. Not seven sins. Seven scenes. Got those two. Speaking of child of God, man. But, you know, Persian New Year is, uh, you know, it's, first of all, it's the first day of spring. Yeah. And uh, Persian New Year is like the first day of the Aries, right? That too. You know, Aries season, gang. You know what I mean? The worst. But, uh, this is a chance for us, you know, for new beginnings to start our resolutions over because mm. we haven't kept up with them from January 1st. So basically uh, another time to fake the funk, pretty much. No, no, not faking the funk. It's for real this time. Okay. okay. This, this is for real. Okay. My New Year's resolutions these times are for real. I guess. Okay. But, you know, this time around, you know, Persian New Year is a very symbolic time. You know, there's a lot yeah. of things going on, you know, obviously with pandemic and stuff, you can't traditionally celebrate like a little mehmuni no mehmunis no mehmunis no okay. no mehmunis but you know what do you, what, do you, what what does no ruse mean to you no ruse to me means family mm. and just appreciating what you've done and what you've gone through as a collective mm-hmm. as a family cuz like I never understood like the uh, the symbolism behind no ruse, t- but what I do understand is sabzi, mm-hmm. the goldfish being there. Mm-hmm. You know all these things that represent new life, yeah, a new meaning. So 
and that's what the half scene represents. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. The, it represents a few things, yeah. You know, so it has like a few different meanings to it, but yeah. So, but for me, mostly it's family. Um, speaking of family, obviously you know it could be with family and stuff. A lot of people can't, of course. But for me, personally, this time of the year, I've been in so many different places. It's so many different, like, times in my life. So, yeah. like, I've seen Nowruz in Iran. In Iran, twice. You know, in Toronto, Calgary, here, yep. you know, a couple times during a pandemic. Mm. You know what I mean? But I feel like, you know, the one consistent thing is what you're saying. You know, the family, the connection, you know, the love that you're around. You know, it's it represents new beginnings. And that she has, like, a lot of, you know relevance with you know when you're talking about like no ruse and you know following the the persian calendar or the islamic calendar mm-hmm. that calendar is a lot more relative to what actually goes on in the world like mm-hmm. the gregorian calendar what is it based on Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean like first of January? What what is the first of January? What symbolizes the first of January in Western civilization? Yeah, like we I don't I don't know what nothing really other than like a it's just mas- mostly a corporate holiday. Yeah, but you know the significance of Nowruz and this like the first day of spring, spring equinox. Yeah, you know, so like in the winter time, everything's dying. Yeah, you know what I mean. The snow is starting to melt. Mm-hmm. Springs, things are starting to sprout. It's the first day of like actual the weather's actually beautiful outside. Yeah, you know, at least where we are. New life, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, it is a special. It's a, it's a very special Definitely. special Definitely. time of year, you know. And shout out to the Sirke, but you know, mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see you know some new new beginnings. You know, we gotta have some patience with everything going on. It's interesting because last week an article came out by Bita Bahulizade. And I kind of wanted to make this the last time we ever addressed this topic because I'm tired of kind of talking about it. And mm-hmm. I figured we might as well have a conversation about it here. Um, there's, a, there's a cultural clash. Not cultural clash. There's a clash on people when you're talking about, you know, Haji Firuz. Haji Firuz, right? Mm-hmm. Um, historically speaking, he's a symbol of... Slavery in Iran. I was going to say no ruse, but yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. you want to you wanna go there. Yeah, I mean, it's the facts. But it is. It's facts, facts. You know? facts. Haji Firuz basically is a character similar to like Santa Claus, similar to the Easter Bunny, you know, for... for uh, Persian New Year, he sings and he dances and mm. he brings the news that spring is coming, basically. My master, my master. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's crazy that we're laughing, but it's, like, yo, it's so, you know, so stuff. He basically brings the news that spring is coming and he's dressed up in red and he wears blackface. Yeah. Right. So. Blackface, obviously, as we know, you know, we talk about you know Trudeau. We talk <laughs> about you know, uh, 
you could say Robert Downey Jr. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So blackface. I'm not just, categorizing him though, man. No, you can't. It's a double standard. No, not it's because like he wasn't he wasn't putting on he was playing a guy who was playing a guy mm-hmm. wearing blackface. So yeah. if you're gonna blame him, you gotta blame the screenwriters. Oh uh, yeah. Also, Tall Boys did a, a a skit on the Tall Boys did a skit on blackface. Really? Yeah, it's actually pretty funny. I liked it. Um, they're like the the black guys. Are just like I'm gonna put on blackface. The black guy put on. Yeah, black, that's. I'm gonna go and see how people react to me in society. So yeah, blackface. You yeah. know, pretty much. What do you think about you know? What do you think about that? When you realize the significance of it, because I like. I've seen it, you know, I've, I've, as a black person, like, and that's the thing, as a black person, your opinion on it as a black person is different than your opinion on it as a, an Iranian person. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm like, of course, both our parents are Iranian, but it doesn't matter how Iranian we are at home or how we are treated as Iranians or how we live as Iranians, because when someone lays their eyes on me, the first thing they see is black. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I don't know about you But that's how I've been identified my whole life mm-hmm. And Learning more about Iranian culture There is A lot of negligence To these kind of things And it's not out of Ignorance at first When they first hear it It's because they were they were never ever Taught it Yeah The one know. thing that we have Like if you don't know, you don't know. Exactly. And maybe that's a poor excuse and maybe it's a bias because we are Iranian and we see it. But until like you're aware of certain things, you're never really going to think critically about like mm-hmm. people don't actually think critically about a lot of things. Of course not. You know, we accept a lot of things as they're presented to us. How yeah. often do people, you know, Challenge news outlets challenge, challenge media Challenge whatever they're fed Yeah So Especially if like You know when you're having the conversation about Race mm-hmm. Racism These kind of things You're challenging people's Ideologies identity Not identity Ideologies You know whatever idea they might have in their mind Whatever thing that They believed in for so long Mm-hmm you know, imagine if someone came to you and said, you know, imagine like the argument between an atheist and someone that's religious. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And the arguments escalate when there's conflicts between religion, when there's conflict between, you know, politicians and stuff. Because when someone is giving you facts and someone's presenting a point with evidence and all this stuff, it starts to shatter your of course belief what system believe, yeah. what you believe you know what i'm saying like imagine like the first time you tell a kid that santa claus isn't real you know the tooth fairy isn't real mm. you know like sorry kid oh shoot I didn't <laughs> it's a tough it's a tough it's a tough thing to like swallow think about when you know you're in a relationship with someone your friend comes and says oh this person's been cheating on you mm. For this amount of time She's a dog You know You know mm-hmm. Like That like You're in denial for a bit 
But yeah, know? it's the same thing with the whole Haji Firuz thing. Mm-hmm. It's people try to defend it with like, oh, well, it's not rooted in slavery. It's rooted in, you know, Zoroastrianism. Yeah. It's rooted in this character Siavash or like, but you like know, mythology and you know, half or like stuff like that. Those are just excuses, though. Yeah, you know, because even like, okay, look at like, um, Confederate flag. Mm-hmm. People will wave that around, thinking it represents Southern pride. It's it's as much as people don't want to admit it's one and the same. However, the history was erased. Mm. It was never taught, so therefore you didn't even give the people a no. You didn't even give the people a chance to understand what was happening and let them decide. Mm-hmm. At least in America, they know their history. You could pick and decide who is who, who's ally, who's enemy. Of course, there's a gray area as well. But like in Iran, they don't have that choice. Mm-hmm. They don't know. They don't know. Mm-hmm. If you knew better, you do better. Yeah. I think what we can agree on is that no matter what you try to say, what you try to picture it, paint, paint the picture as, whatever it is, the facts are facts. Yeah. This is rooted, it's rooted in racism. It's rooted in, you know, a, a past that, you know, some Iranians don't want to deal with. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. The end of the day, it's racist. 100%. You know what I'm saying? And when I start to read, one thing that's really interesting with me is, like, the more and more and more I read, the more and more I feel like the literature I'm reading is reading me. You know, it's 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 giving me a lot more context about who I am, what I come from. That type of shit. So when I'm reading this stuff about the origins of Haji Firuz, there's a lot of connections that I'm making that you know, I wasn't able to make like prior to this. Mm-hmm. And just on how like black people did end up in Iran, you know. Yeah. So it's definitely something that in terms of Haji Firuz, we're going to leave it at. It's racist. Bottom line, there's no other way to cut it. Like, if you have to think and ask yourself, is, it racist? is this racist? What 10 out of 10 times, it, it, it's, it's, it's racist. Do you know what I'm saying? So, but, you know, that's not what we wanted. No. That we don't want to limit the conversation to just Haji Firuz. You know, Persian New Year is about much more than that. You know, it's about celebrations, celebrating life. Like you said, being with family. But, you know, that stuff always does come up. Of course. Around, uh, you know the new year and hopefully you know we can just nip that right in the butt and just it is what it is you know yeah. i call it how i see it Facts. call and a spade a spade call a spade a spade you know what i'm saying so enough about haji Firuz. Yeah. what are your new year's resolutions going into this new year finding you an iranian woman <laughs> my mom would not allow that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. It's okay. I asked Nima this question too. And what did he say? Sorry, Nima. Yeah, I remember. But we had this conversation. That's an off camera answer. That's what, <laughs> that's what that meant. I do miss Mo- Mehunis though. I miss Mehunis. I do too. I miss man. like, you know, being with like a g- large group of people because people don't know. Like, Persian people turn up, bro. Like, Mehunis are like something you've never seen before, you know. You'll see some of the most well-respected, most educated people 
stand up and be spinning dancing like with the elegance of a woman <laughs> you know, like it's it's a rare time you don't see these kind of things ever and it's like Iranian culture is very beautiful it is man very it very is. beautiful it is you know even just like farsi itself yes like the cadence of the language i always like it comes out the wrong way but i laugh sometimes when i hear it because of the cadence mm-hmm. you know and it's just to me it's it's amusing mm-hmm. to hear that and i love that because it's like the tone that they s- that we speak with when we speak Farsi is so like it's so up and down. It's mm-hmm. so polite. It's so um, elegant. Yeah, but also like that. Even if you directly translate some of the sayings into English, it's like they don't make sense, but you get it. Yeah, like like you, like I want to eat your liver. Yeah, like, <laughs> like exactly. You know, like you like when you call someone my love, like you are my golden liver or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, it's just it's so it's exaggerated, but it like I love that. It's beautiful language, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful culture. It is beautiful culture, and you know, no ruse in Iran is a fun time. A fun time. You know, I posted a video the other day of uh, the fireworks. Yeah, Charshan Basuri. You know, people jumping over the fire, and you know the culture, and man, it's a combination of like Victoria Day. Canada Day, <laughs> right? Yeah, like f- in like a Canadian context, like uh-huh. Canada Day, and uh, and bonfires and just. But generally, people are just so happy because it's it's a new year. You yeah, know what exactly. Saying? Like, it's like you made it through another year. That's yeah, a blessing. Yeah, but like when you ta- think about the symbols attached to it, you know, you, the grass getting green, spring coming, and then it's like. What I love about Iranian New Year, like regular New Year, is a turn up. Yeah, it's a party. Yes, it's, it's an a, excuse. It, yeah, it's pretty much like an excuse. Like I don't the last, I think two years. No, last not last two. Last year, obviously pandemic. I didn't do anything for New Year's, but it's it's always like party, party. The it's a party culture, you know. Maybe not as of late, but. Now, when Iranian New Year comes along, it's your family's together. Family you know? yeah, exactly. it's, it's dinner. It's you know reading you know hafez. You know you know whatever, whatever your choice. Everybody's no rules is different, right? Mm-hmm. And and multiple cultures celebrate, not just Iranians, of course, right? Afghans celebrate too, yeah. right? Um, so it's it's a beautiful time to see people come together. You know, I keep saying that part, but. I'm excited, man, and I'm just excited for the year 1400 mm. in the Islamic calendar. Yeah, that's powerful. It's a, yeah. it's a new century. It is. That's crazy. You know, it's a different kind of energy than what we're supposed to get with 2020. Everybody's like 2020 is the year 2020 vision. <laughs> you know, you can now have that energy for the year 1400. 1400 yeah, you know, one four zero zero. So tell me, we didn't get, I didn't get to let you finish. What are your New Year's your resolutions? My New Year's resolutions is just to try to just get better every day, man. And whether it's my business, whether it's my branding, whether it's with writing, like just to just better myself and to kind of just hold on to this um, this bond and this culture that actually COVID created. Yeah, and I, what I mean by that is that, like, 
spending time with the fam, you know, dealing with problems head on mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. COVID has kind of forced people, uh, me as at least, to just face these like these realities and to actually bring people closer together, our family mm-hmm. per se. So just to keep those those um, moral values and to enhance them throughout the new year. So, you know, you, I know you picked up poetry again. Yeah. Writing. Is there any inspiration from, you know, Hafez, Rumi, you know, those those poets from that side? You know, where do you draw the inspirations from? Tell me about the writing process. Tell us about Unlucky. Mm. You know? Um, I'll speak into the mic. So, not bad. First and foremost. This guy, man. It's not your first time here, bro. Act like it. Yo, man. Just give me, let me, let me ease into it. To call you can't be using some words on camera these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like fuck around and get cancelled. But um I'll start with the, what my writing process is like. It's really like well I've just got into this about I wanna say in December. I got back into folk poetry. And with all the free time because we had the lockdown uh during the holidays the, it was just easy to it was easy to try to write out as much poems as I can and I knew that the first ones weren't going to be good because I was rusty so like in any in any sport I'll call it a sport or art you get back to something you haven't done in a while you have to shake off the rust so I just tried to just get out as much poems as possible as first and once I felt comfortable with my writing and the words were coming together, and after I actually wrote that much poems, it got to the point where um, I, when I'd wake up and my mind is clear, my mind would be thinking in poems and in rhyme schemes. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I would just spew, I would try to find a topic and spew out as much as I could. Sometimes it doesn't even make sense. It does, and sometimes it that makes sense to me, but it doesn't make sense to others. And then sometimes I'll write a poem and it may seem scrambled to me, but when I put it out there, there will be tens of people who hit me up like, yo, like I felt this on a deeper level. And it's crazy because sometimes it just comes from within. Mm-hmm. So to actually answer your question, it's just, it's just the process has been a process itself mm-hmm. where it's just like, as you're writing, you're learning. So, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, writing is one of those expressive things that are like you're putting everything down on paper, you know, how mm-hmm. I feel about writing things down and shit like that. So, um, why, why, why unlucky? Why unlucky? I feel as if everybody and their cousin has a story or a reason why they do feel unlucky, mm-hmm. you know? And the the actual meaning behind unlucky is that we're actually all not unlucky at all. It's just something that we are feeling. Mm-hmm. So think about, like, number 13, the meaning of number 13 in Canada, mm-hmm. for instance. So some in Toronto, some buildings don't even have 13 floors. Like, it's that deeply rooted. Yeah, like, the, 12 and then 14. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So um, that was the number I wore playing basketball. And the meaning was, of course, to represent the hardships that 
I endured that we endured, but also one being Allah and then three being my family mm-hmm. members. But then you look at people like Steve Nash or hockey players who are number 13 and it's like they are doing that to fight the norm that is perpetuated. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, yeah, it may seem like we are unlucky, but we're, we are really in control of our own luck. Mm-hmm. And that's the point of unlucky. Don't let these hardships control you because we are in control of our own luck. Control your luck. Mm. I think that's, really pow- that's powerful. I, didn't, I actually never knew that about, I never really, you never actually talked about. <laughs> never asked. <laughs> <laughs> I saved it for the gifted gap. Mm, perfect. You know, that's actually super powerful because I, I completely agree that, you know, one is in control of their destiny and a lot of people would agree with me a lot of literature would dis- or disagree a lot of things would disagree people would say well no that's not true but the fact of the matter is you know if you want something you set out a plan you go and you do it that's mm-hmm. the bottom line of course of anything of course if it if if it's to be it's up to me mm-hmm. right shout out rtn shout out rtn <laughs> shout out bob shout out <laughs> right but you know when you accept that, oh, I am in control of my life, I am in control of my destiny, when you accept that responsibility, it's actually empowering. It is. It is. And the thing about, um, the beautiful thing that I love about Unlucky is that it also does represent a time frame in my life where I did feel as if all odds were against me and how we were able to climb up out of that hole. However, you know, we we were lucky to have family on the other side of the country like I'm I am privileged to this right now I'm a privileged guy you know I have both parents in my life and all that but there was a time where those things weren't there mm-hmm. and that's kind of what unlucky is mm-hmm. it's a representation of how to not a guide to get out those times but more so a friend mm-hmm. something to be beside you type thing yeah no, it's powerful, man. It's powerful. I think there's there's a lot of power in, uh, man. There's power in storytelling. It's, I don't think people realize how much power there is in like speaking your truth, embodying your truth. I said in um, one of my poems, um, "Being a creator is odd. It's a power that comes from the gods and." It sounds a little ignorant, but it's me. I mean, like, the only people who created nothing from something were God, mm-hmm. you know? And that's not even a person. It's an entity, so that's different. But, like, um, like that's how, I, that's how I feel. Not to say I feel like God, but it's a power that can't be explained when mm-hmm. you create something from nothing. And that doesn't just go for art. That goes in most any or any facets of life. Mm-hmm. Creating something out of nothing is a different kind of power. Mm-hmm. Well, like, you look at all religious texts, every religious text tells you that there's a little bit of God, there's, like... A little bit of God within you. They imply, yeah, they imply that, you know, okay... You have to find God within before you could find it within the universe, and that's facts. In the Bible, it says, you know, God made, uh, you know, everyone in his likeness. Mm -hmm. There you go. there you go. The Bible says God made man in his image, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, so when you think of that literally, it's it's such an abstract thing, mm-hmm. right? It's vague. It's vague. But when you really think about it, it's like, oh, okay, you know, 
what did, when Jesus said, he said, I'm, I'm uh, God's son, you know, yeah. God in the flesh type you yeah. know, thing. But like he was saying it to like, it was figuratively figurative. At least in my beliefs, mm -hmm. it was figuratively, you know? So I think it's really powerful, you know, as creators, you know, we're, we're creating, everybody's creating different things. And like mm -hmm. you said, we're creating things out of nothing, you know, we're not saying that as individuals we're God, but to create something out of nothing is God like. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's a little it's a divine representation yeah. of what it means to just, you know, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Do what you're born to do. Yeah. Type thing. You know what I mean? So that's powerful, man. That's really, really that's really powerful, you know. I never really asked you so I just, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, niggas is busy, man. Like, what do you want me to say? You know, yeah, say, hey, man, let's let's talk yeah. about life. Hey, man, we talk about a whole lot of things. A lot of yeah, yeah. We talk about a lot of things. So Absolutely, you know. And I think that's what's beautiful about about no rules is that you know we sit and you know you're with the family, you talk about things that you don't you know mm -hmm. experiences what this year was like. You know, for me, I'm fortunate to just be around family. Yeah. That's like the biggest blessing because ever since like uh, in college, I don't think I've ever been home for no ruse since high school. Yeah. You know, and I'm about to be 25 this year. So, that, you know, like I haven't been home for that long for this holiday. Mm -hmm. So I really haven't celebrated the holiday because I would never celebrate it by myself. Mm -hmm. But thanks to COVID, we are almost living a lifestyle similar to our relatives back home yeah. where work isn't work and pushing forward this um, labor first life second mentality isn't a thing no more. Mm -hmm. You know, like if most people are, I don't want to say living comfortably because that's ignorant, but a lot of people are able to spend these days with their family. Most people that I've talked to have said, yo, thanks to COVID, I'm able to sit down and reconnect with my family a way that I never have mm -hmm. before. And, you know, that's good because it shows us that there's another way to live life. It's not just work, 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 go home, work, 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 go home. There's Yeah, well, that you could be, that's, you could argue that that's a byproduct of capitalism. 100%. That's what, I, and that's what I mean. But because once you realize that there's other things that matter, so the once the health of the public was endangered that was when we started to live life like we should be living life mm -hmm. but before that it which feels like a lifetime ago everybody was in this constant cycle of work home work home work home work home mm -hmm. and it was it's almost divine how covid has humbled the world into reminding us what truly matters it's actually amazing. And, like, you know, no rules also significant. Like, the significance of it is, like, we're one year into the pandemic. Mm -hmm, exactly. Like, like, I think one year ago this weekend exactly was when I got the notification on my phone that, hey, guys, there's no school tomorrow or on Monday because COVID has finally snuck its way into this region or X region. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, bless, you know, I'm going to have the next week off of school. Mm. <laughs> and one year later, you know, it's like, it's crazy. You, nobody could have foresaw this. Foresaw this. People have thought like, okay, yeah, a disease will come in and change life as we know it. But nobody could have foresaw this. Yeah, like, 
it's really shaking. It's shaking shit up a lot, you know, and it's put people in an interesting position. I think it, I think it's put people in a very interesting position because now, you know, whatever structure was is not no more. It's disruptive. It's disrupted, you know. So and also what you're seeing also as well is we've seen what's happened with the stock market, blockchain technology <laughs> is starting to, you know, mm-hmm. take take off. Do you know what I'm saying? Um you know, this time last year Donald Trump was president, now it's wow. it's Biden. Yeah, yeah, actually yeah. nothing's changed in America at all. But it's just like everything that's transpired, it's f- like 2019 feels like 6 years ago. Yeah, definitely. 2019 feels so long ago, and I just don't, I can't wrap my head around how much has happened since then, but also how much has not happened since then. Hmm. Because it feels like so long ago. But you look at it, it's like we're one year into this pandemic. And based on right now, like whatever position you're in right now, could be really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. I'm just. I don't know what to expect. I think uh, all you can do is wake up, be thankful, praise God, you know, and just one. What's next? What's today? What what do we do? What do we got to get done? You know, healthy, above ground, people people around me healthy. You know, count your blessings always. You know what I mean? And for no rules too. You know, you got to count your blessings. Yeah, man. No rules is a love the. Symbolism behind it, man. Like I always, it's weird because when I picture no rules, I always automatically think of a goldfish <laughs> <laughs> or a sabzi, and mm-hmm. it's like it seems like it may be mean nothing to the general public, but those two things, like grass and a f- the life of a fish, those symbolize life, mm-hmm. and I think that is huge with no rules as well. So everything has a, a meaning of its own. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 different. You know, in Iran, it's it's a uh, man. Everything's everything shut down for no rules for mm. two weeks, two three weeks in uh, Iran. Yeah, really. Yeah. Wow. This is closed. Nothing's popping. Everybody's at home with their families. And that's what I mean when I talk about COVID. In Iran, just because of no rules, people will take two weeks off. Everything's closed. Mm-hmm. If you were to say that to the people of our nation, you would they would think that what's happening is there a nuclear attack or like are we is our lives mm-hmm. at stake? Well, you get two weeks off from school for New Year's. Yeah, like but New that's Year's, but that's just students. Mm-hmm. When during no rules, the whole country gets two weeks off. Mm-hmm. And one um, Gallup told me once how he when he was in Ethiopia, how I think at noon. The whole th- the whole country just takes an hour or two hours to go home and eat lunch with their family. Hmm. You know, like everywhere is closed for that. Like this is like this is what matters. Mm-hmm. These are the things that matter. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you bring up Ethiopia because there's a l- so many connections between Ethiopia and Iran. Yeah, like just East Africa, East Africa and Iran. Yeah, you know, sure. like mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 crazy. The uni- like the more and more I read, you know, with the collective, I've been reading so mm-hmm. much. Shout I've always collective. read. Yeah, shout out to the collective. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always read. Yeah. But like now, it's like I'm reading more For a different meaning, yeah, different yeah. Pur- different purpose. Different the purpose, intention yeah. behind reading is a lot different. 
as well. You know, I'm just like what, like you know, some of the shit I come across, I'm just I'm mind blown. Mm. You know, what I'm saying I'm completely mind blown with some of the things I'm discovering, not only about the connections, but like about myself. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there is an explanation for everything. If you look, if you look for it, if you look in for the it, right places, you can find it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and there's there's, there's places in Zanzibar, mm. you know, in, in, in Zanzibar that have, you know, uh, the Shirazis went there and there's, you know, streets named in written in Farsi. That's crazy. There's Iranians living there. You know, there's mm. a lot of connections between the back and forth. So it's 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 super cool to see the world is a lot smaller than we think it is. Yeah. You know, um, just like people just think everything was, you know, colonialism, and that was, you know, and the impl- no people don't even think about the implications of that, you know. But there's so much other things happening in the world at one time that, you know, if you're seeking knowledge, if you seek to understand, you know, it find it finds you. What's the Rumi said? What, what you seek is seeking you. That's exactly. one of my favorite quotes because it, it literally means that if you seek knowledge knowledge will find you yeah you have to go and you have to go look for it yeah, if you seek love love will find mm-hmm. you if you seek success success will find you exactly you know if you're seeking a bad iranian girl you know she'll come find you ask well that no work done you know what i'm saying <laughs> come find me it'll find you but <laughs> You know, invite her to the Mehuni. Bah, bah, bah. Bah, bah, bah. Khoshu Madi. Oh my goodness, man. It's giving me fucking... <laughs> Mr. Mehuni, is huh? No, nah, man. You give me like... I think about like... I think a lot about being back in Iran. Mm. You know, and how ready I was to just stay. Yeah. Because I saw how life was there. Life is different, man. It's different. But when I say that, I'm speaking from a place of privilege. Because, exactly. exactly. Um, the opportunities in Canada are unmatched. You know? But, you know, traveling the world... Forget about traveling the world. Just seeing where you come from. Mm-hmm. I think you can also put traveling the world in that. Traveling the world, too, gives yeah. you a totally different perspective. It, it just makes you see that, like I said earlier, like life that we live is not the only way. You know, yeah, when we think about traveling the world, maybe this is a a vague, maybe this is not the solution, but I feel as if, if people did get the chance to actually travel the world, you know, I got to see things because, you know, I was, I was lucky to go a lot of the places that I've seen, and I didn't even go that many places. A lot of, most of the places I've been to is because I've basketball. Because of basketball, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm grateful for that. And I imagine, well... What if, like, you know, the average person in Edmonton got to go see, you know, five or six different countries? What if, what if every person in the world could see each continent? One country in each continent. Just to see what life is like beyond their bubble. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it's so easy to, th- to live in your bubble. You know, for, for you and me, for us to denounce racism it's easy because Mm -hmm. we grew up seeing everyone you know i was telling gino like i had a teacher in high school his name is mr chin he's jamaican (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he, he's an Asian guy that speaks patois. Yeah. Do you, but like for me, that's I. It's easy to comprehend yeah. because you're constantly exposed to that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or when people are, you know, you talk about you know West Indian people and how you know that's a byproduct of colonialism and everything that happened. You know, East Indian people, mm-hmm. Asians, whatever. You're you like. You see it all the time. Yeah. You know, living in a high-rise building, you see like, from, like, your door to, you know, getting on the fucking subway, you're seeing at least 30, ty- 30 types of people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, it, it really comes down to exposure. I don't understand if you're constantly exposed to different cultures, if you're constantly exposed to different people, how one can still be racist. But sometimes the problem is... That lack of exposure, you know, some yeah. of the, some of my teammates I had in college, they're from like small towns. Mm-hmm. They never seen a black guy before, <laughs> and if they did, it was a big deal. It was a big deal, yeah. you know, because the only representation of them was well, mm-hmm. whatever they seen on TV. You know what I mean? And yeah, I don't know, man. The fact is, is twenty twenty one, and we're still talking about. Like you know what happened the other day with the 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 Asian the hate hate crime the terrorist attack you know let's just call it what it is yeah, terrorist man. terrorist you know you know what I mean like twenty twenty was like the last straw and we're like okay shit's gonna change but that's we keep really getting one more thing that's like okay now it's gotta change and it's like one more thing okay what now it should change and one more thing you know the last time we were on the podcast we're like. Fuck, like, mm-hmm. people are paying attention now. Do you know what I mean? But now we're talking, it's like, oh, another thing had to happen for us to be like, okay, like, yo, like, mm-hmm. are, when are we going to call this shit for what it is? Yeah. White supremacy. Yeah. You know, when are we going to call it straight up? That, what is and it? That's, that's the true enemy. It's yeah. not white people, it's white supremacy. Mm-hmm. So it's the fact that how we believe and I say we, I just mean people as a whole. Sometimes we are taught to believe or are tricked to believe white is better. Mm. So, you know, sometimes... Subliminally. Subliminally, you know, subconsciously, it's in our minds. Like, it could, it can go from the easy, the simplest thing of, like, hairstyles, mm-hmm. styles of clothing, you know? Like, people look at... People will look at uh, baggy clothes... Or as a part of and as a part of our culture, but people don't realize is that that culture was started from hand me downs. Mm-hmm. And then you look at hairstyles; it's unprofe- unprofessional. But then, and then you look at people in some cultures who are idolized for finding a white woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just that. Oh God! <laughs> you know, and it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's un- it's it's crazy to even think of. And then when these um when the whole black the black lives matter movement was standing up for what they believed in it was some of our own and some people who we looked to as peers because we thought that we even though they might not be black as a person of color that they could relate and they denounced our some of them denounced our problems mm-hmm. and you know this is a good time to show the true uh heart of our people is that we don't we're not going to turn our back in a time tough time like this you know mm-hmm. like we should ex- continue to extend our arms mm-hmm. 
so they could actually realize who their true allies are mm-hmm. in these times of need. Yeah, especially, you know, our Asian brothers and sisters, you know, I can't actually, you know, I was going to say I can't imagine what they're feeling, but I actually mm. understand what they're feeling. Yeah. I think if anything, we understand it best. Yeah, you know what I mean? I think, you know, in the last the last year has been crazy, but like, you know, just in the last week yeah. since that attack happened, I've personally seen some fucked up shit on the hands of some ignorant ass white people. And it's not only, the thing is that the misconception is that people think that uh, racism against Asians looks like that, like a hate crime, but it's way, it's it's way deeper than that. Oh, it's way deeper. You know, it's like the, f- the fetishizing of Asian girls, mm-hmm. you know, and just like calling certain names, not looking, you know, um, assuming every Asian restaurant serves dog, you know, yeah. like these, like these are, these are stereotypes, racist stereotypes that are like deeply embedded in our culture. Yes. Yeah. And like, yeah, in Western culture, Western culture, exactly. it's not embedded in other cultures. No, it's Western culture. Yeah. And because when I was in Iran, when I was in Abadan, mm-hmm. um, I asked grandma, like mom's mom, mm-hmm. like, uh, have you, like, is it Chinese food? Mm-hmm. Chick, yeah. <laughs> There's a Chinese food place like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like over, like, uh-huh. and I'm like, like really? Yeah. Chick, yeah. I'm like, that's crazy. You know? But, it wasn't met with any animosity at all. Yeah. Yeah. It was met with like, yeah, they're right there. welcoming, you know? Yeah. Iranian culture is very welcoming and very yeah. like, warm and you know what I mean? So, I was like, that's, I have a lot of questions for those Asians, mm-hmm. but it's very interesting how that, how does it, like how it's how that happened? One road away. It is one road away. You know, it's true. You know, there's one path that goes from all the way. From, I think from throughout Europe, dips down into the Middle East, and then goes into Asia. Mm. So it's, it's very interesting, man. It's it's there's a lot of nuances, and I guess I got to read a lot more. But you know, yeah, we're you know. For the Asians that are feeling a little scared, you know, for, for the farmers' protests that are going on mm-hmm. out in yeah. India, yeah. you know, everything going on in Myanmar, you know, there's some fucked up shit happening in China, you mm-hmm. know, there's shit happening all over the world. Mm-hmm. And it always just seems like it's never ending. Well, that's the thing, it is never ending. No, like, as a people, yes, we can take a stand. But how like how much can we do, you know? And looking at it from like uh, protests in India, uh, the the Muslims being the genocide happening in China. Mm-hmm. So like the people in the country are fighting against those things. Mm-hmm. You know, people in India are dying mm-hmm. from the protests, mm-hmm. and the only help that they can that they can look to to save them it's exterior it's not they they can't do no more that's why social media is actually very important exactly that's why social media is actually very powerful because think about it 20 years ago not even 20 10 years i'll say 15 years ago okay Mm -hmm. if there was a protest happening in india you wouldn't hear about it unless it was on the news fam think about the holocaust 
it took years for people to know what was happening in Germany. Yeah. Years. Years, yeah. Like literally years. People are Jewish people are being put into ovens and sprayed with deadly gas and it took years for them just to hear about it. Mm. And then they had to go and finally confirm it. Like they, it was at first it was a rumor. Yeah. You know? So like yeah, social media is super powerful. It's giving like these people who are being abused and taken advantage of it's if they don't have the voice directly someone does for them mm -hmm. and they will try to extend it to every hand that they can and that yeah. is the importance of social media and if it reaches the right person all it takes is for the right thing to reach the right person mm -hmm. like that's i think people don't realize how strong or powerful like a repost can be because yeah. if something has happened if this person's you know sister got kidnapped you know 10 people repost it one person sees it and then that person seen that sister exactly you know what i'm saying that's hey, that's, that? that's everything right there you know right there that's from those 10 little reposts which is something so small yeah for such a big issue right those people probably can't get up you know pick up a strap and go look for the, nah. they can't do that <laughs> do you know what i'm saying but they them reposting it yeah might be seen on the screen of somebody that can actually exactly. do something even like that uh, that saying that everybody in the world is six people away yeah six degrees of separation six degrees of separation yeah so while all social media has done is really just gap that bridge mm -hmm. you don't have to talk to those five people to meet the sixth person mm. if you post it and one of them retweet it boom it's six degrees tends to a hundred just like that just like that yeah you know, yeah so Powerful shit, man. It is powerful shit. Powerful shit. Sometimes we misuse it. We do misuse it. You know, even I, even I catch myself freaking on IG for way too long. Catch the time. Gotta turn this off, you mm -hmm. know? So it's easy to misuse it. It's like a drug almost. But it could be used, the, it could be used for the greater good and we've seen it. Mm -hmm. and we could applaud that. Yeah, man. This is crazy. These are the kind of conversations we have around the half scene during no ruse mm -hmm. and hopefully your repost might find bars an Iranian woman to marry yeah man you know no ruse 1400 here get those new year's resolutions started ladies if you missed out you know you couldn't go to the gym I know there was a lockdown I know your no your new year's resolutions Fell short. Mm. Lockdowns are slowly, slowly getting lifted. You don't really need a gym, man. I got all the compliments to make you feel beautiful. Okay. There you have it. That's it. Just like that, Unlucky Bars from Unlucky Family. It was a pleasure, man. Yo, time flies in this room. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like a... I was going to say it's the opposite of the hyperbolic time chamber. Mm. The complete opposite. Salam Mubarak. I hope everybody Salam has Mubarak. a good New Year. Mm -hmm. I hope it's filled with prosperity. I hope it's filled with, you know, love, wealth, success, healing. I know a lot of us need some healing. Mm. You know? And uh, a lot of Persian food. Mm. Look at that juju cow waiting. Oh, yeah. Bah, 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 bah. Just like that. Yeah. Yeah. What? We gone.